For those of you who got your Bibles, hopefully you do, because man, it sure helps me to follow along in mind. But go to Second Peter again, and we're just going to start right there. Let's just start with verse number two. It says, "Grace and peace be multiplied to you." Grace and peace be multiplied to you. Multiplied. Means an abundance of it, right? A bunch of it. Multiplied. That word grace is a is a Greek word charis. And and basically it just means unmerited favor. May his Favor that I didn't earn. Not that I can earn any of this, but he's being real specific here. May his unmerited favor be multiplied to you. Do you like that? I do too. I really do want that. I I want his unmerited favor to be multiplied to me. And Peter's saying right here, may it happen. May it happen. And he says, grace, grace and peace. And so the peace is a word, uh, irene. Irene, Irene, is that right, Josh? I'm saying that right, Irene. But it basically just means a state of untroubled, undisturbed well-being. Wow, you want that multiplied to you? (laughs) Unmerited favor, undisturbed well-being. That sounds like some pretty good stuff to me. Man, if I could walk in that, I mean unmerited favor. Well-being beyond my imagination, and 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 not not only if I can how, so you want to know. I want to know God. How does this? How does this work? How does this work? And and, and he answers it right here. It's not grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord, seeing that His divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. <clears throat> when I read that, and, and even, even this morning when I read that, it starts to get wordy for me. I, I, so I got to go back. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only slow guy in here. But I've got to go back and kind of just take it sentence by sentence just a little bit and so I can stay hooked. I had to do this in history. I had to do it in math. <laughs> had to do it in all my classes. I had to go back and sometimes just take it sentence by sentence and just say, man, what are you? So I could stay hooked all the way through. So let's do that right quick. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. First of all, knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord is really, 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 really important, right? Really important. So that's where it's going to come. Seeing that his divine power Whose divine power? His divine power. His divine power. His his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Who did he give it to? He gave it to me. Through what? His divine power. How? By my knowledge of him. You see how that works? We end up to a place to where we're receiving his divine power. That's that that's that's good, man. That's good. He's great, and, and his divine power, man. If I said, guys, you could have everything pertaining to, pertaining to life and godliness, if you'll just write me a check, how many of you would write me a check? You would, right? 
you would write a check because that's a big deal. If I have everything, if he gives me everything pertaining to my, to my wife, to my marriage, to my job, to my kids, to my friends, to everything pertaining to life and everything pertaining to godliness or, or everything pertaining to pleasing him. Man, let's just shut the Bible, pray, and let's go on home from there, right? For by these he is granted to, to us his precious and magnificent promises. His what? By what? By his divine power, by his glory and his excellence. By these he has granted us. You see the avenues here, the vehicles that he's using to get to us? He's granted us everything, or for by these he's granted to us his precious and magnificent promises in order that by them you might become partakers. Now I'm a partaker of the divine nature, having escaped corruption that is in the world by lust. I like that. I want to escape lust, whether it's for a new pickup or for anything else. I don't want to be driven by lust. You know, I don't want that. I want to escape that. And whenever I escape that, what happens? I asked Kaki yesterday morning, we were reading this. I said, Kaki, what happens when you escape something? She said, I separate from it. I said, yeah. What happens if you stay escaped from it? I separate from it even further? Yeah. So he's trying to give us separation from the very thing that wants to trip us up. If I'm way separated from it and I can see the forest, you know, you've heard that, you heard that saying, I can't see the forest for the trees. Sometimes I can't see the way for the, you know, for all the stuff that's coming at me. But if I can separate from that a little bit, I'm still in it. I'm just not of it. It's still around me. In other words, I'm separated from the power of sin, not the presence of sin. It's, it's, it's a different deal. It's not like I've got to wear a cloak and, a, and all this and, and just separate myself from everybody. That's not what God's talking about. He said, let me separate you from, from the issues that are trying to entrap you, for, from the things that are trying to uh, turn your pickup over, so to speak. Let me separate you from those. Let me separate you from the power of that. And it's only in his divine, I can't do that. I can ask for it, and I can try to position myself for it, but I can't actually do that, right? Let's look at this word knowledge, because I think, it, I think that's kind of where it starts in this passage anyway. So you got the word knowledge in verse 2, you got the word knowledge in verse 3, and again you see the word knowledge in verse 5 when he says moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge. Those are two, the first two instances of knowledge, they're the same word. That third one is a different Greek word, okay? The first two instances is a word called epinosis, okay? And it's knowledge that comes with or results in participation. His participation in me. When he participates in me. The other knowledge is gnosis, so it's just the last half. It's, you just take the epi off, and it's, and it's gnosis. And it's, and it's me, okay, me participating in him. Now, 
I can't control whether he participates in me or not, but I can control if I participate in him through study, through prayer, through worship, through fellowship, right? You can even go on down to this, to this list down here. What about through moral excellence? That's, that's kind of my choice. Moral excellence is kind of up to me. Uh, knowledge, me participating in him, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness. Those things are me participating in him. Worship right over here. You know, I come in here, I don't always feel like worshiping on Sunday morning. But I know that I, I know that I need to. I know that I want to. But I don't feel like it all the time. How many of you guys, am I the only one that comes in here and I just ain't, I'm just not feeling it today. So I'm just going to sit over there the whole time while Allison is singing, probably the greatest worship leader around. I'm just going to sit over there and I'm, and this, this is not going to get to me because I don't feel like it today. No, man. No. No, we come into this environment and, and hopefully some other men, I, get, I start rubbing up against some other men that are ready to worship. And that puts me in a place where, okay, I, I'm going to choose to do this. I'm going to choose to participate here. That's the knowledge that he's talking about later on in the passage. I choose to participate in him. I choose to worship God even when I don't feel like it. I choose to walk in moral excellence even whenever it's, it's the deck is stacked against me, so to speak. Or I choose to have self-control even when the person I'm dealing with doesn't deserve me to have self-control. Even then, even then I choose to participate in him and in his ways. And oftentimes, when that happens, he chooses to participate in me. And guess what happens whenever he chooses to participate in me? It's right there in Scripture. Divine power. Divine power. Everything pertaining to life and godliness. When he shows up, who shows up? He shows up. When he shows up, who shows up? He shows up. I'm going to ask this group over here because y'all aren't listening. When he shows up, who shows up? He shows up. When he shows up, he shows up. Right? And what shows up with him? All of him. All of him. You know, we're sitting here thinking we've got some things we got to deal with that are bigger than life or, or as big as life or this or that or whatever. When he shows up, guess what? It's all in perspective immediately. His divine power, his glory and his excellence, hmm. his precious and magnificent promises. I get to become, he uses the word divine power twice. I get to become a partaker. When he shows up, I get to become a partaker in his divine power. And then verse 11, entrance into the eternal kingdom will be abundantly supplied to me when he shows up. Man, these, this, this list is not a list of qualifications. It's not something that if I'll do this, 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 and this, I'm going to end up here. It's not like putting together a, one of those old pickups, you know, that we used to glue together, those little 
models, you followed the instructions, and when you got done, you had this cool old pickup that you had glued together. That's not what this is. This list does not qualify me. It moves me. Come on, you got to get this, guys. I don't qualify to be in his presence. I get moved there. I get ushered into there. Being moral excellent doesn't make me better than anybody else. It just gives me a chance to be moved into his presence. Come on, man, we got to understand this. Having self-control doesn't make me a better man than you. It just moves me. It allows me to be in his presence. It allows me to participate with him. And if he so chooses in that time, he may participate in me. But I can promise you, if I'm not walking in self-control, moral excellence, those kind of things, I have. it's not that he can't, it's that he won't, because it's not what his word says. He wants to multiply his unmerited favor in my life. He wants to multiply the deliverance of freedom from all the distresses that are experienced as a result of sin. That's Irene. That's our, he wants to multiply that. He wants to reconcile me to his father. He wants, God wants to bring us into his presence. He wants to. He's pulling for us. He's saying, come on, Levi, you can do this. You can walk in moral excellence. He's not saying, okay, Levi, you proved to me that you can walk in moral excellence, and then you have, then maybe you'll have a seat at my table. No, that's not what he says. He sent his son to die for us. Why? Because he wants us at his table. He wants to forgive us. He wants to empower us. He wants us to experience his divine nature. He wants us to experience life and goodness. He wants us to be free from the corruption. He wants us to be free from the hands that are coming at us. You know, I said last week that we're fixing to move into this new church, right? And and it's going to grow. I don't know what all is going to happen, but I know it's going to grow. And as I was leaving there, I was thinking about this this week. I thought, you know what? What happens to a tree that gets really, really tall and the wind starts blowing really, really hard? What happens to that tree if it's not really, really deep? It gets blown over. We, we in this room... Man, see yourself as the roots of the tree. And as we move and and more people come and they have their ideas and they have their ways, that wind doesn't change who we are. It changes changes them, right? Who God has called us to be influences that way more than that ever influences us. Us. And I'm not saying we're not going to grow and change. Don't get me wrong. And we don't have, I'm not saying we have everything 100% all right and we're stuck in our ways and we're in a deep rut. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, man, we got to know who we are in Christ and we got to grow in that direction. That's the growth that we want. This, this, this entrance into the, huh, this entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior will be will be or can be abundantly supplied to us. You know, the first time I I really heard anything like this, I was like, I don't know about all that. (laughs) You know, I don't know about all that spiritual stuff. And but I but I stayed hooked. I continued 
to participate in his presence. Okay, because something about it was interesting to me. Something about it drew me in. And there was a man, and you guys have all heard him. His name is Miles Sweeney. He was, he was, he was the one teaching it, and, and Pastor Paul Seibert. They were both teaching me at this time. And, and there were some things that they would say, and they would, you know, they would just kind of push Hey, I just kind of, I don't know about that right there. You know, and I'd just kind of back up a little bit. But I would go home and I would stay hooked. I would stay participating in his word. I would stay participating in my prayer life. I would stay participating in church. I would stay participating in brave hearts. I would stay participating with other men that I, I, I admired, that I wanted to, you know, I felt like, I needed to be connected with. I'd stay participating in that, okay? And then one morning, and, and, and Miles taught me this, this way of, this skeleton of prayer. One morning, I'm in there, and I feel like, man, I need to pray for my family. And, and, and Miles had this little outline, so I, that's the outline that I knew. I used the outline. And in this outline, I start out praying for myself, and God, I just want to be the man you're calling me to be. God, I, you know, I, I prayed over me. And then I prayed over my marriage. This is, the, this is the way it rolls. You pray for yourself, pray for your marriage, pray for your wife, and then pray for each one of your kids, okay? And then when you get done praying, you go back to the top of the list, and you say, God, now speak to me a minute about me. What am I doing? I'm saying, God, Tell me what you see with me. And then I would just be quiet. And then I would go next to my marriage. God, tell me. I didn't even realize what I was. I was trying to enter into his kingdom, right? I was trying to enter in. I was trying to sit at the feet of Jesus and say, speak to me, God. Speak, participate inside of me. Participate in my brain. And I'm going down through the list. I did me, I did my marriage, I did my wife, I did my oldest daughter, and I got to Khaki. And before I got her name out, the Lord says she, feels, she doesn't feel like she belongs to your family. And I was like, what? No way. No way. And it's just silence. And I went ahead and prayed for Cody. And, and I, it was early in the morning. I went back there and I woke my wife up and I said, baby, I gotta, something just happened in there. I was praying for everybody, you know, like Miles was talking about. And, and, and when I got to Khaki, the Lord said that she feels like she doesn't belong. And Jerry was like, no way. No way. I said, I don't know. I don't, this is the first time I've done this. <laughs> Maybe I missed it. Maybe I missed it. But here's what I'm going to do. Tonight when I tuck her into bed, I'm just going to do the same old routine. And I'm going to ask her. And she said, yeah, that's, that's good. So all day I was thinking about it, and, and, and I go up there that night, and I'm, I'm tucking all three of them in bed, and I prayed for them. I used to do that because they went to bed before me. Today I go to bed before them, so they all got to come back there and pray for me. <laughs> but I was up there tucking her, in, tucking her in bed, and I just crawled in, you know, in, in bed with her laying there. We were just, you know, just laughing and talking, and she was young, and and we're talking about everything, and I, I finally I said, "Hey, Cac, I was I was praying for you this morning, and and the Lord said you don't feel like you you don't always feel like you belong to this family." And I'm gonna tell you what, she got silent, kind of got wrestling around, and we, there's no more snuggling. Kind of kind of moved away just a little bit from me, and I said, "Cacky, is that right?" 
She goes, sometimes, Daddy, it is. And I said, oh, my gosh. And we walked through that. We walked through that. And Kaki's a beautiful, wonderful young lady today, confident. That's entrance into the eternal kingdom, men. What if he had spoken to me about my marriage? What if he had spoken to me about somebody I needed to quit hanging out with? What if he had spoken to me and said, Bill, you're walking down a path. You really don't need. If I would have not given him a chance, if I would have not persisted in my participation in him, I would not have given him a chance to participate in me. I'm so thankful for that day with Kaki. And it's happened several times since then. I can, I can name, I can tell you several stories of where the Lord's headed off things in my, in my kids, headed off things in me that I didn't see coming. I didn't see coming. What does he say about Satan? He's a roaring lion. I don't know why he calls him a roaring lion because I don't think he's roaring when he's sneaking around, but he's ready to kill you. Comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That Satan was trying to have an avenue into my middle daughter. And, and by, by, having, by, by being able to enter in the kingdom of God, by being able to enter in, by being able to, for him to participate in me as a dad, we headed that off. We, I say we like I did something. We headed it off. Men, when we, when we have that ability to tap in. We have that ability to tap in and pray over Pastor Curtis, pray over this church, pray over your family. We have that. We have, he's telling you right here, not only do you have it, it will be abundantly supplied to us. Abundantly supplied to us. Now, if you have the NIV, I'm just going to tell you, it reads, it reads differently. And, and Kaki was reading to me through her NIV, and I was like, that doesn't sound right. And so we went verse by verse, and it just reads a little differently. It just reads a little differently. But nearly every version that I picked up and I looked at, the King James, the, this is a new American standard that I'm teaching from. Nearly every one of them say this, basically the same thing. Entrance into his eternal kingdom will be abundantly supplied to you. The NIV says entrance into heaven. Maybe it's the same, but for me, that kind of throws it to death. I don't think we have to wait to death for God, for, for, for him to participate in me. I think it's available today. Right? There's some questions on your tables. Let me pray for us. God, I love you. I thank you for this morning. And Father, I just pray that your word uh, goes where it's supposed to this morning, Father. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.